Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay Hills over there in the six. How you doing, my dog? Doing great, man. Excited to talk about this upcoming deadline, buyers and sellers. Got a great guest back on the show again. Ryan, what up, man? Oh, not much, not much. Just uh, this is, I'm used to normally coming up on trade deadline. Like it's nothing until like 12 hours before, but now apparently we're like, we're getting a slow walk into it now or something. So man, uh, tell me about it, Ryan, but Ryan, like how Jay said, we're super excited to have you uh, back on. I mean, the OG fans, the fans that was here in the off season, they already saw Ryan come on. Uh, He's a a great guy. And uh, Ryan also has his, has his uh, Blazers podcast. He has all of his socials. I'm going to link everything in the, in the description down below so you can check out Ryan's work for his podcast, for his socials, and make sure to go check him out. Show, show him some love for, uh, for coming on here and talking some hoops with us, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me again, guys. No problem, man. So, so exactly like how, um, like we said, we are going to today talk about the Western Conference buyers or sellers. We're just simply going to go through 1 through 15 and this just the, the, the way the standings are. So you guys ready to jump into it? Yep. Let's Let's do it, man. Let's do it. So let's start with the number one seed, Phoenix Suns. Buyer, sellers, or hold? Hold. <laughs> hold. Hold all the way. Yeah. Hold strong. Yeah, there's not, yeah. not really much to get into that for you. Yeah, absolutely hold strong. Um, Golden State Warriors? Hey, yeah, they're a hold. Yeah. Their hold is, it, is what, there something you you're thinking about, yeah. Ryan? <laughs> you I don't. Man? I don't know. I, I I got a I got a bias of that. I'd still love to see Draymond up here in Portland. So I, I you know, if, <laughs> oh, if they no. want if they want to sell, go, go ahead. But <laughs> it, should they and will they? No, that's a hold. What, what, what would you like? You know, I know you just you're holding on to that uh, that that dream, uh, Ryan. But like, what, what would you you know? What would be a quick package that you that you think the Warriors might accept for that? there's nothing that the Blazers would have to, okay. to freaking be able to sell them to make it work. I mean, you can find the dollars to make it work, but there's nothing that realistically basketball wise and on the court that whatever that I could see that could make that happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. All right. So then let's keep it pushing and let's get to the third seed. The Memphis Grizzlies uh, buy, sell or hold. That's a I hard mean, one. Yeah. It's a hard one. I, I would say, probably stay put because I mean they're rolling right now no one expected them to be where they're at the third seed right now I think I think maybe an opportunistic like adding like maybe a veteran piece or something but for the most part I think it's just uh staying put because I mean it's they're doing great right now yeah they're kind of on this this trajectory right now with with being at the third seed and the the level of play that uh you know they've had and you know this emergence of John Morant where it's kind of like you just kind of sit tight and see where this group can get you, how far you can rise, you know, what your distance is in the playoffs and then take this, that body of work in the off season and go, okay, here's where we need to tinker. This is, this is the year of their science experiment. And right now it's turning out great for him. So. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with, with both you guys. I like the way you, yeah, you described it, Ryan, as being like a, you know, a science experiment, you know, they're out here just trying. And then from, from here on, they will, uh, they'll, they'll know what to do. So right there with you guys. So let's keep it pushing and let's talk about the Utah jazz who's sitting in that fourth seed. Well, there's, I know there's some, uh, there's some uh, wild thoughts and opinions about the jazz coming from Jay. So how do you guys feel? Buyers, sellers, or hold with the jazz? I think that, I think they need to be 
buyers a little bit, see if they can do anything with, you know, Joe Ingles contract with his injury and, and whatnot and, and see if they can turn that into something. But I mean, outside of that, it's kind of, it's hard for me to see, you know, them, them getting a deal done with anybody else. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I think before, I think Joe Ingles injury just made it that much harder before that. I think it was going to be hard regardless. Um, they could have been trying. I, I looked at like players like Jeremy Grant and potentially Harrison Barnes as players who they could have targeted and the exact wing the upgrade they need. But now I think it's pretty much impossible for them to give up anything to get those kind of guys back. So, yeah, I'm 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 definitely I'm definitely right there with you guys. We're just the only the only thing I, I would like to add to that is like um, I feel like for the past couple of years we've seen the Jazz be a really good regular season team come playoffs kind of, you know, I wouldn't say 100% choke, but definitely not keep playing to that same uh, level that, they, that we've been seeing in the, in the, in the regular season. Um, but we usually see, you know, teams like they, they, they get close, they get close, they get close. And then when they're finally able to break that seal and they're able to, uh, you know, do something in the playoffs. And I, and I honestly am, am really hoping that the Jazz are going to be able to do that this year. Um, and I know in past years, they've actually been, better in the regular season right now they're not they're not playing as well in the regular season but i really hope that they're going to be able to break that seal and break that you know playoff curse <laughs> really that, that that's that deep playoff curse that's going on over there in utah because i definitely wouldn't want to see you know donovan be able to do some serious um i want to see uh rudy be able to get some get some more respect i know this year he finally got to get some more respect around the league but um but yeah so for for the for, for the jazz definitely a um it hold it out if anything but Definitely, maybe look into the buyout market. If anything, what's up, Jay? I got a question for both of you, and this is this is because we we've been hearing the rumblings ever since I guess kind of like COVID started, and Rudy Gobert touched all these mics, and we saw the rift <laughs> kind of between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. So I really look at Utah right now, and I named obviously Jeremy Grant and uh, Harrison Barnes as two kind of pieces that would make them maybe better or kind of the same of where they're at right now. But like you said, John, they have really haven't done anything in the playoffs. Um, great regular season team, but they're struggling in the regular season this year. But if a team, my question to you guys is, if a team comes to you and asks, inquires about Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, more so on the side of Rudy Gobert, are you open to discussing a trade to bring in other pieces? Or are you just sitting tight with what you got right now? Didn't he just sign his mass massive deal this last off season? Isn't is, he? Didn't he just sign that? I, yeah, I yeah. think, yeah. If somebody comes and asks for Rudy Gobert, you say, how about a ham sandwich? And we'll talk later. <laughs> okay. 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 I just had to see, I just had to see, cause there's rumbling still. I've, I've been reading about that recently. So yeah. I had to ask that question. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, Jay. Yeah, uh, I mean, if if you're the, if you're the Jazz, you gotta, you know, I guess you gotta side if you're gonna if you would go with Donovan or Rudy. I, I mean, if 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 that's like the question that you know that that that's being proposed, hundred percent. I'm, I know he, I know Rudy just signed this massive contract, but seven days out of seven, even on Sundays, I'm letting Rudy walk for Donovan, and I, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna let Donovan rock out and be my guy. So, yeah, if you if you if in some universe, if you're going to trade one of them, yeah, it's, it's Rudy's the guy to go. And, you know, as you said, let, let Donovan rock out and see what he can do. Would you do the same Jay or what? Yeah. Yeah. No okay. question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's like, yeah, of course. What? All right, cool. All right. So then, so then let's keep it pushing. And now let's talk, let's get into the fifth seed. Some of these teams now actually got to look to really do some moves. So let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks. And for this one, 
honestly, guys, like when I was putting together this this little list here, I was really excited to talk about this one. So I mean, let me go this this one first because mm-hmm. so look, guys, if the Dallas Mavericks and they need to sit down with Mark Cuban and all the their whole management team and think, are we going to pay Jalen Brunson this offseason? Who's about to be an unrestricted free agent? If they're not going to pay him. If if they're just gonna let him walk, they're not willing to pay whatever that they want to that he he's gonna request. Then they they need to be sellers, and they need to sell um, Jalen Brunson, who's been playing amazing. He's been like a Luca two point out there. They need to sell him for at at the highest point they they can. Like you know, if this was a stock market, this is the highest you're gonna get in Jalen Brunson. He's about to be he's about to be an unrestricted free agent. But if they decide that they're gonna they're gonna pay him and they're gonna they're gonna keep 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 rocking out him and give him whatever he asked for, then I think that the that the Mavs should seriously seriously look to uh, not not do anything. You know, keep keep him, make that be your number one move, make that be a move that that you get done, and um, and let the team rock out from there. Because I really like that Luca and then Jalen Brunson comes in as that starting back uh, backup guard. But how you guys feel about the Mavs? Um, from everything I've heard, it, it sounds like I don't know if they're necessarily buyers or sellers or necessarily are looking to be opportunistic facilitators. You know, there's there's a lot of teams where Dallas's name has been, you know, uh, mentioned a bit and and seeing what they can get as like, oh, hey, you know, you need you need to turn this into a three team deal. Let's see if you can come in and we can help this out in some way. But, yeah, they I mean, from all all intents and purposes, everything you're getting out of Dallas is that they do want to keep Brunson and Dorian Finley-Smith around long-term with Luca. You know, there's been long rumors with Chris Stapps, but I'm not entirely sure even if they want to ship him out somewhere to try to get something big done, if they could, that anybody necessarily wants uh, the, the unicorn anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that injury reputation is a hard thing to shake. The inconsistency yeah. as well, too, is, is, yeah. is hard for him to shake, clearly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm right there with kind of both of you. And and the fact that I think it's a kind of a buy big or buy or, or not at all for Dallas. I mean, they're successful enough sitting at the fifth seed right now in the West. But I'm looking at names like John Collins, Christian Wood potentially as if they're going to get if they're going to go and be active in the in the trade in the trade market. I think they need to get a big name because. Like you mentioned, Chris Dapsorzingis, you're not probably not going to get much for him, but he clearly isn't the second option um, that they had envisioned when they brought him over for New York. Um, and obviously, Tim Hardaway Jr. is injured right now, and he's he's a, a supporting scorer, and he they don't have him. So bringing in a guy like Christian Wood, who, yes, he doesn't move the needle that much. He makes you maybe a little bit better. And I'm kind of questioning whether he's a winning player or not. But John Collins, we've seen what he can do in Atlanta, and he's also – kind of frustrated with his situation right now as well. So um, if they could bring him in, I think that'd be great. So yeah, I'm either big or not at all. Just stay home, stay pat. Okay, for sure. And then, and then Jay, you know, you, you bring up, uh, you bring up John Collins and Christian Wood and that, you know, that, that makes me think. So when, when we were getting, we were getting this together, I saw uh, Bobby Marks, he did a, he did an article on ESPN where he said he gave a trade scenario for it, for all 30 teams. And when it came to the Dallas Mavericks, he gave this trade scenario, which was Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi, uh, Maxi Kleber, Reggie Bullock, and two first round picks for John Collins. Now, if you're the Mavs, you take that every single day out of the week. You get John Collins with Luca. That that's that would be a scary duo to have. Um, but do you take that if you're the Hawks? Because I mean, like 
I'm not taking that. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm, if I'm the Hawks at all, uh, even, even though John Collins may be crying about a situation or whatever. So I, I just want to get like a, a temperature check on how you guys feel about that. Like, is that a, that's a bad trade, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. For that, for, for, for Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. Okay. I mean, and like Ryan mentioned earlier, um, John Collins is another player who just signed an extension, our uh, huge contract in the offseason as well, like along with Rudy Gobert. So it'd be kind of difficult for them to give up on him already. So they got to make it work whatever way they can, in my opinion. Okay. Bad deal for the Hawks. Great for Dallas. Though. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great for Dallas. Yeah, that'd be terrible <laughs> for the Hawks. But, uh, but all right, so then, so then let's keep it pushing. Uh, that, that definitely was a good team to get into. And let's go to the sixth seed, and that is the Denver Nuggets. Wow. I think they're a hold just because they can't do anything else. They don't, mm-hmm. I mean, they can't trade this year's pick because they own next year's pick. I think that's top 14 protected for them, but still, I mean, hard to see them falling out uh, or, or falling that far, but you know, all their money tied up, all the guys that they would want to trade, they can't because they're all integral to everything that they have. So, I mean, unless you want, unless somebody desperately wants any of the guys, you know, wasting away on the end of their bench, there's, I mean, they're, they're, they're in a hold just because they've put themselves there. A hundred percent. Jay, talk to me. Yeah. No, they put themselves in a hold. Yeah. Stronghold. Obviously, they committed to Michael Porter Jr. long term. They're waiting to get Jamal Murray back. So they don't got they don't <laughs> got a lot of options. So they just got to hold tight, wait till Jamal Murray hopefully comes back um, some point late in the season or in the playoffs, and then we'll hopefully be around the same position they're in now. Yeah, yeah. Man, honestly, every time I every time I talk about the Denver Nuggets, I'm like, dog, like. What happened with Michael Porter Jr. is literally like the worst thing that could possibly happen with the player. It's like they were super hesitant, like, oh, we don't want to pay him big money, this this injury. And then he didn't get injured. He was balling out on that tiny contract. As soon as he got paid big, we got this huge back, had this huge, huge back injury. So honestly, dog, like that, that's just every time I think about the Nuggets, it's uh it's it's crazy, man. But all right, so then so then let's keep it pushing, guys. And let's talk about the seventh seed. Uh, let's talk about the seventh seed here in the West, man. And that's surprisingly the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> what was the been, last time we said that sentence? Yeah. Oh, who have K- been working KG. KG, huh, yep. Man, so. the Minnesota Timberwolves, guys. Like, honestly, yeah, I'll be real with you. When I was work, working on this list yesterday, you know, I had the the I had one tab with the NBA standings, and I had another tab making this list. And then I'm, I was like, all right, six seed, seven seed, Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. I was just so I was so confused. But guys, buyers, sellers, or holders, how are you guys feeling about the Wolves? Oh, they are buyers, and they want to buy one car and one car only, and that is the Ben Simmons model. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, right there is buy big, buy big, or just stay pat. But if you can get Ben Simmons, probably for a young guy like probably Jaden McDaniels and another piece, maybe like Patrick Beverly, because I know his contract expiring. So those are the kind of names that they'd have to throw in there. Maybe even kind of a D-Lo. That's what I think Philly would probably want back. So, right, I th- yeah. I think Philly's still hanging up with those. I mean, rumor has it they're currently hanging up with those kind of offers. But yeah. Man, so okay, so okay, so you, Jay, you mentioned D'Lo, right? So that's the one thing I want to talk to you guys about. In my opinion, the only two players that are uh, just completely untouchable are Cat and Ant. D'Lo mm-hmm. is a complete. Are you are you guys there with me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. I just yeah. I needed to know that because I definitely see some people. Um, uh, mostly Wes, you know, Wesley, the Wolves fan. Uh, we, you know, he's a he's a guy that we've had on Twitter on uh, 
on our podcast in the past, and he just gives a lot of praise and a lot of respect to D'Lo. Says that D'Lo, Cat, and Ant, the three untouchables. But I don't think Philly budges without unless you got a player like D'Lo in there. Um, no one else is is good enough, Mike. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, not to take away from D'Lo, but he he to me kind of falls into one of those categories where it, you can use him to you know rearrange the deck chairs. You know, his skill set is is it can be replicated via you know various other players, and so it's not. You know, giving up Ant or Cat, that's the end of the world for that franchise. Giving up a guy like D'Lo, you can find you can find somebody, you know, maybe not as good, but is close enough to replicate what he can bring to, you know, to even it out. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, you mentioned D'Lo, and I'm trying to think of a team who gave him <laughs> up and got pretty good value back. Oh, yeah. The Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think the, the Timberwolves are going to be pretty uh, do pretty well with getting back Ben Simmons and kind of another revitalizing project um, potentially. So, yeah, uh, agree with that. <laughs> Second that notion. <laughs> Man. And yeah, D'Lo's definitely been on the uh, downward uh, downward to, to trajectory, man. So hopefully he can figure that out. And then it, it but it would be cool to see Ben Simmons in in a on the wolves though. I just, just want to add that. Like he literally fixes like almost all of their problems. So that would uh, be uh, uh, really cool to see him there, but um, all right guys, so let's keep it pushing and let's talk about the eighth seed, which is the Los Angeles Clippers. Wow, guys. I mean, we just saw this blockbuster trade. Ryan, Ryan you go first, Ryan. I need, I, need, I need to know what dictionary you guys are reading the definition of blockbuster in because I need you need to light that thing on fire. Uh, obviously, right now, I think the Clippers are trying to kind of uh, – they're. I don't think they're playing for anything this year. They can't be. And so you're seeing them kind of take, you know, take their, you know, lesser lesser wanted toys and finding you know some poor school kid on the uh on the playground to uh try to convince him to take them and hey there's a sucker born every minute <laughs> but yeah you know norman powell is a good addition for or good addition for them you know he can take off some of that scoring load from from uh um uh, Kawhi and and paul george and and whatnot and he he is a very de- good well not very good he's a decent guard or uh defensively so i mean he adds a lot to him roco I'm going to be surprised if he's still on the Clippers come Thursday. I could see them flipping him because, you know, they can use his reasonably priced expiring contracts, you know, to maybe try to land some other pieces. They're obviously not looking for picks, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're taking, you know, this Kawhi injury and then not knowing whether Paul George will be back this year as they're going to do what they can to try to reload and get the rest of their guys in a groove and working to where, you know, Paul George comes back, Kawhi comes back and that's just a plug and play automatic top three team. Yeah. Okay. So, no, so- yeah, I'm right there. With, yeah. With that. But no, no, what you got, John? No, I was just, I was just gonna, I was gonna talk to Ryan a little bit about that. So I'm like, okay, Ryan. So if, if they, you know, Kawhi comes back, PG comes back, you got, you, you, you got the rest of, the, of this Clippers roster. Are you seriously thinking they're like a serious like Warrior Suns like up Jazz contender? Like, are they contending with those guys? I think they can be. Yeah. Ooh, okay. All right, man. I mean, I, I mean, I, honestly, I was talking, me and Jay, we, we were talking about this when, uh, when it happened and I was, and I was telling Jay, I mean, look, uh, I, I like your perspective where, you know, you're saying that Robert Covington might even get traded, but like I was, go- I was going with the notion that he's going to be there. Now I think if you well, got, 
Go, what's up? I was going to say, well, if he does stay, I mean, granted, he'd have to resign because he's a free agent in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Free agent? Yeah. Free agent in the offseason. Um, if he does stay, one of the downfalls in Portland, and the, uh, there was a lot of fan base confusion because you hear that he's a good 3 and D player. Well, people automatically assume that that means he's a lockdown defender. He's not a lockdown defender, He's but he's mm-hmm. an excellent team defender. Right. And if you pair a, a player at his his defensive skill set with two guys who are really good one on one defenders like like Paul George can be and we know Kawhi is, well, then that allows Rocco to even expand his game even more to where he's allowed to play that kind of like free safety in Rome. And, you know, we've seen, I mean, even this year, it a down year for him with, for his stint in Portland and he was still averaging a lot of steals and a lot of blocks. And so, I mean, that's his role when he doesn't have to be an anchor of a, of a defense, he can excel as that kind of free safety role. So if he stays with this team to think that he can kind of help build it with them, I think he can excel for him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, I mean, like I'll tell you, tell you what the, the, the Clippers hit big. Blazers, not as much, but you know what? Let's it's all good. We'll though. get to them. We got a couple more spots to wait. <laughs> oh, we got man. a couple more spots till we get to Dude. them. But all right. Well, so then let's let's talk about the ninth seed, man. And that is the Los Angeles Lakers. What do you guys want to see the Lakers do? Keep the course because I'm sorry as a Blazer fan, I, I gotta love all Laker misery. And so <laughs> I I will say at the beginning of the season, I did view this Lakers team being a slight bit of a dumpster fire. So I'm glad to see that panning out a little bit. So okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, they need they need shooting. The wherever they can find shooting, they need shooting. 100 percent Yeah. If you any team that has a player like LeBron James out there setting his players up. Russell Westbrook should not be somebody that is a spot up shooter out there waiting for that, uh, for that, for, for that pass, man. And also the Lakers just really can't do like anything. Like they can't, like they, they have all these, they have all these options. The the players that are playing well are on small contracts. The players that are playing, uh, that are playing bad are on big ass contracts. So they, it makes it hard for them to move anything. Um, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if the Lakers are really having enough uh, young talent to be able to ship that and get, get a, a good piece that's going to help them be able to really uh, contend more than just AD and LeBron out there, man. But Jay, how yeah. do you feel? Yeah, no, I'm, I think just buy as big as possible, but I mean, that that's not that big. So they have really nothing to give up. Um, no one wants Westbrook. And I just think, yeah, no, right there with you, Ryan, like I'm fine seeing the, the, the Lakers lose. Like, I'm fine with that as a Warrior fan, but like, Jeez. no, I mean, I, I just think that um, before this season, I had them as a top three seed and I'm really disappointed to see that they, but I always had concerns about how it would work with Westbrook and those concerns have come to, to light and truth, unfortunately for the Lakers. And um, yeah, no, I think this right now, fully healthy first at best second round exit. Um, wow. And I think they really can't have any, they can't really add anything to make that any better. So that's just how I'm feeling on the Lakers and yeah, the deadline. They'd need to luck their way into some other massive five team trade similar to how mm-hmm. they got Westbrook there in the in the first place. And I just don't think that there's enough other rival executives in the league that are willing to let them play with any of their toys in the sandbox to get anything done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Definitely, definitely is tough. They got a lot of tied up, tied up assets over there. Um, and then just real quick, Jake. I can't let that go by. Like, fully healthy, there's no way they're in a second round exit. Jay, fully healthy, <laughs> fully healthy. 
Oh, I think you're getting outvoted here. I'll agree with him on this yeah. one. Well, I'm not. I'm definitely yeah. getting outvoted here. I'm definitely getting. But I'm just saying, fully <laughs> I healthy. So. I don't know. I don't know, man. But I think the Lakers aren't a very good basketball team this season, John. Like both average. Fully at best. healthy. You we can ha- look you at that Knicks fully game. Healthy, though. You haven't seen I, them fully healthy. What's their fully healthy team? Yeah, what? A, a whole what is their... a whole fully healthy roster of LeBron of a thirty seven. Uh, oh, but uh, leading the league in most in most thirty yeah. point games, leading the league. So, so what does that say about your guys then? Because LeBron at thirty seven is leading the league in most 30, 30 point games. So, and these guys that are twenty five, twenty three, the cast around him, John. No, it, it has nothing to do with the cast around him because when Curry had nobody and uh, he wasn't leading the league in thirty point games a couple of years ago, when uh, when they lost to the Grizzlies in the bubble. Right. So like he did, he wasn't leading the league in 30 point games. So it's not really about the cast around him. It's the, the guy's doing it. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I feel it. I feel it. So th- there definitely is some uh, some Laker uh, Laker doubt going on around here. But I mean, we'll see. Poop is there... in the pudding, brother. The poop oh, yeah. is in the pudding. I mean, I'm just hey. looking at what the, the facts that have been presented to us this throughout this season with yeah. a fully healthy. What's what's fully healthy? I'm trying to still trying to get the definition. THT, THT and Kendrick Nunn playing. Consistently. So that's not moving the needle. I'm sorry. That's not moving the needle. I mean, I mean, I mean, Kendrick I mean, Nunn let's is not moving real. the needle. I'm sorry. I mean, let's just be real. Let's just be real. Come playoffs, you need playoff vets, playoff experience. They got that. I mean, I mean, we'll see. I've been saying, I've been saying, I've been saying since the beginning of the season, this Lakers roster is built to be a playoff team, not a regular season team. So I'm, I just think that helps I, to get there in the regular season. It, it no, it does. It does help to get there, but it nobody, n- none of these playing teams in my situation, in my opinion, is going to be able to beat out the Lakers. So the Lakers are easily, get, even if they're in a playing situation, they're they will my, in my opinion, easily make the playoffs. Oh, we love. Um, can you can you hear me? Ah, we're back. Keith, can I you can't guys hear me? John, is he frozen for you? Sorry about that. Yeah, I had a quick Wi-Fi issue. All right, guys. Got a little bit on a tangent. Sorry about that. All right, let's, let's go to the next team here. Okay, man. Uh, so let's go to the next team here. Um, that is the Blazers. Um, the, the, the internet got cut off. Just want to let y'all know for the fans that are like, wait, what the hell happened? The internet got cut off and we moved on to the next team. Blazers, um, guys, buyers or sellers. Ryan, I want you to take charge here. Talk uh. to us. I've it's it's hard to tell that they're both heavy buyers and heavy sellers because I mean they need to do something that they're they're trying they they're trying to do a rebuild without doing a rebuild they're trying to keep you know keep somebody like Dame to build around while also tiptoeing the line of trying to make room for Anthony Simons you know this this Norman Powell uh, Robert Covington trade was you know it makes sense financially you know, cause the team needed to get under the luxury tax for this year, because otherwise they would have been a repeater tax would have made it damn near impossible for them to do anything, even lopsided sided trade wise, you know, in the following seasons, getting hit with all those stipulations on the repeater. But I mean, for me personally, I was a guy that I thought that the direction that the franchise should go, if they're going to try to carry this on around Dame as long as possible is that you keep Dame, you ship off CJ, uh, you take advantage of ants now perceived value and you keep Norm as your two guard. Cause he, his style of play is the exact kind of style of play that you want um, from a, from a guy next to Dame, you know, he's a very good downhill scorer. He's not duplicating a lot of Dame skills. Yes. He is good at three, but apparently they're going to attempt to toe this line of, of building around Dame and also holding on to young assets 
that if it doesn't work out and they got to turn around and chip off Dame, or if he asks out, you know, next year or sometime down the road that they have a, a core of guys and Anthony Simons and, and Nas, and apparently, you know, the Keenan Johnson, they're really high on, which is kind of weird in my opinion, but all right, you know, that they'd like to build these things around. So it's, it's weird. They're sellers in, in that I expect CJ to be gone by the end of the trade deadline, but it's also not going to massively shock me. Uh, I more so expect Yusuf Nurkic to probably be gone by, by Thursday for them to move on from his, his, or take advantage of his expiring contract. But same point in time, as far as CJ, I know he's the biggest piece that's being listed out there. You know, he's still tied to anything dealing with the Sixers and Maury. Uh, Dallas has shown interest. Apparently the Pelicans have shown interest, but if the Blazers maintain this tank thing that they've been attempting to do to mixed results, because they can't even tank, right. <laughs> um, okay. You know, if, yeah. if they're finding it difficult to move CJ now, then I'm going to say you tank and you get into a top five pick in the lottery pair CJ in a top five pick. Suddenly that's a lot more appealing and a lot easier mm. to move. So here, here locally, if I think that people are going to be getting out their pitchforks, if CJ still on the roster come trade deadline, I'm not of that mindset. And I think that, you know, if they can't move them by then for anything appealing, they'll just hold on to them. And just that tank mode will go into full steam ahead and try to see if you can package him with a pick. Right. So yeah, there'll be a lot of, a lot of CJ sitting out. You're saying if they don't move them by the deadline, probably. Yeah. Most likely, yeah. Right? You know, you know, those nondescript back injuries or, you know, a sore <laughs> hamstring. Yeah. Yeah. Those things. Yeah. So, so Ryan, I got a question for you then. I, I fully think they're, complete sellers in my opinion like they're they're gonna be like you said salaries and getting Nurkic off the off the team and and CJ but what about you know you mentioned that the Pelicans um okay for, for the Pelicans who would you want back or like what names would you want in return and there's also a team that I think potentially would be a good trade partner but I haven't heard about recently and that's New York Knicks and RJ Barrett you mentioned the guy who can get downhill kind of play make I think it'd be a great yin and yang with uh with matching the style of play that Dame um, has obviously a shooter stretching the floor and then uh RJ can get down down the lane and downhill like that so what do you think about those names and those teams on the Pelicans and the Knicks as potential trade partners you know, for me, it's not going to happen. And this is why some of the Pelicans things confuse me a little bit. But for me, the, the only guy that I think would be worth it to get back that makes sense positional wise and a fit wise with this team, if they are going to move this forward with Dame and Anthony Simons, there's your one and two guard right there. Well, you need a guy like a Brandon Ingram coming in for your mm-hmm. small forward. Um, Larry Nance was somebody that I thought, you know, I really liked to pick up in the off season when they made that, you know, and until he got injured, uh, there's rumor that he may not make it back this year or whatnot. I don't know if that's just them holding them out or whatever, but he's a guy that maybe I thought could have been a trade piece, but looking at a roster going forward, I wouldn't mind him being, having, having him as a starting power forward on, on a team with Dame and, you know, an Ingram, you know, next year, plug in whatever center you can find. Um, out that there's not really a lot of guys on on the pelicans that make sense to me for the blazers okay okay for sure and then i want to i want to also also ryan this is like this is we're just asking ryan blazers questions here but i want to i want to also ask you another question uh, as as far as this kind of like blazers uh, situation does you know set being sellers because mm-hmm. I'm also with uh, Jay. I think they're like full full tank mode sellers. So Nurk, Yusuf Nurkic definitely trying to get him off. He's an unrestricted free agent. But what about – so what if the um, the Hornets offered you P.J. Washington and James Booknight? While I know 
PJ Washington is not half the player that Yusuf Nurkic is. Mm-hmm. Yusuf Nurkic is on his way out. He's an unrestricted free agent. You guys can actually get something for him, or he could walk for nothing. Do do you would you like that? Would you take the risk on on? on Does anybody need a ride to the airport? I'm free. I'm available. I'll drive. I'll pack some bags. EDX. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I think I think Nurk's got a dog. I'll puppy sit for him if he needs. Just out here on the West Coast, it's cool. Oh man. Okay. All right. Well, fully bought in. Fully bought okay. in. All right. And then, and then, I mean, if we're gonna just keep talking about some of these trade options, Ryan, I want to ask you. I'm sure you've heard thousands and thousands of trade uh, of Damon Lillard trade options. What What's been one of your favorites? The one that's really caught your eye. Of anything for Dame? None of them. <laughs> no, for, for CJ. For CJ. Oh, for CJ. For CJ. Uh, CJ, the, the ones that have interested me, I've heard the, the you know, the Brandon Ingram rumors. Um, I, I've heard a little, you know, RJ Barrett, that, those kind of things. Um, I want to say the ones for me is anything that can help get Miles Turner over here. That that's mm, that's one I like. I like. You yeah. know, he's he's again for me. It's about you know this roster balance, roster fit, kind of you know th- does he fill a need? You know, th- those are the ones that pique my interest a lot. You know, locally, a lot of people are like, oh, if we can get you know baby bonus back over here, you know, Arvita Sabonis, that's his team. I, defensively, I don't like like his fit with players such as Ant and Dame. Miles Turner fits that bill a little bit better for me, but mm-hmm. you know, those are just some of the names that that have piqued my interest at least. And that seems okay. somewhat reasonable. I'll still fingers crossed hold that hope that there's a Ben Simmons thing somewhere, but eh. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, that'd be really cool if somehow Ben Simmons could get over there. I've been saying for the longest. Been saying could, that. If you could get CJ to uh, uh, Philadelphia and Ben to Portland. Oh my God. That's like both teams get everything they need worked out. Yep. But now this, you know, the James Harden rumors possibly throwing a wrench in that. So what is what it is. Man. And then, and then Jay, just real quick. What about, what about you? You know, what's been some trades you've uh, been, you know, excited about, or you've heard about with this as far as CJ. Uh, Yeah, no, the RJ kind of deal. I mean, nothing's really enticed me that much, honestly, for, I, I really don't see what they Portland could get back. Um, really that from, from the Pelicans, that's been like a huge name, but just getting back like Josh Hart and all these kind of role players, I don't think that really moves the needle or it's the direction necessary for the Blazers. So I'm with kind of Ryan that maybe you just keep him. If nothing really moves the needle enough or puts you in the right direction of, of being a contender or getting back pieces necessary, you just wait till the off season and go into full tank mode, get a top five pick, um, and move on from there and see what you can get in the off season. I think that's a great, uh, great way and great plan moving forward. If you're not going to get anything valuable in return. Okay. All right. For sure. For sure. So then let's go ahead and move on to the next team here. All right, guys, next team we got here is the 11th seed. We have the Pelicans. Are they a buyer, sellers or hold? They're an interesting team. Interesting team. They gotta be, they gotta be sellers, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling sellers on that. And I mean, nobody even knows if Zion's coming back this year or what the heck's going on with his, you know, status or weight or whatever. I, it, they got to be sellers, but you know, there's so many rumors floating around about them trying to be buyers and trying to find a guy to, you know, pair properly with Zion and, you know, an Ingram and why it's, but every, everything that from outside the organization just screams that they, they got to be, they got to be sellers. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Jay. 
Yeah, no, I think I think they're definitely sellers. And it's because, well, number one, I just don't ever see the Jonas Valanciunas and Zion um, pairing working. I mean, I think Zion's just a natural center. He's undersized center. And you, you pair him with Valanciunas. That just sounds like a clogged paint to me. I mean, we know Valanciunas had a stretch. He was stretch where he's shooting the ball great, but that's not what he likes. He likes basket basket, you know, scoring down low. That's his game. And I think teams like Toronto, maybe some other teams are, will be interested in his services, then potentially bringing him back to, to the six. I know that for sure. So um, I think the Pel- Pelicans have to be looking to sell here and getting some pieces, maybe picks and return. Um, and, and gearing up and setting up for when Zion comes back. Yeah, I'm I'm def- I'm definitely right there with you guys. I I, I think that they got to be looking to be to be sellers if they want to realistically do. Uh, I mean, they're not going to be able to do anything this year, but even in the in the coming years, do something because Ryan, I I know you're on the pod today. I know you're a big Blazers fan, but every time I talk about teams in the in the purgatory or in no man's island, I always give the oh. Blazers as an example. So I'm sorry it's, about it's- that. Ryan. We've, we've been, we've, we've had that timeshare spot for years. It is perfectly fine. <laughs> so yeah, I always Man. talk, I always say that if teams don't want to be in that blazer spot where, you know, getting knocked out early first round or even, you know, a late second round uh, or not even making a playoffs, you don't want to be in that spot. And if, I think if the Pelicans keep, keep going, like how you guys said with this Brandon Ingram's uh, uh, Devonte Graham, Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, Zion, all these players, I think that they're going to continue to be that mediocre team who never does anything in the playoffs but can yeah. never get a good pick as well and and that's the weird thing about them too is like you name off a lot of those names and plenty of teams want guys like that but it's like they have they have all these puzzle pieces they just can't get them to freaking fit together and but there's just not letting anybody else use them yeah yeah that mm-hmm. they that that's the pelicans and the kings the kings and the pelicans both <laughs> got that got that same thing and um right. and then another thing i just want to add to as far as like if they really look to be like real sellers and really re- uh, rebuild like i actually really like their young core like they got some really good young players over there uh i like i like trey murphy the third but none other than my favorite guy I tweeted about another day man herbert jones man he is gonna be a freaking star in this league someday like in my opinion like i'm watching the guy and he's uh, uh, guarding guarding guards in the in the perimeter, getting to the hoop, being able to guard guard, guard the rim, to bringing the ball down court. He's a young cat though, so you got to give him some time. But Herbert Jones, man, I'm telling you, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> but, but all right, so then let's keep it pushing and let's get to the 12th seed, and that is the Spurs. Spurs buyer sellers or hold yeah. Jay. I know Jay's been liking the Spurs this year. Oh, I mean the Spurs are just one of those teams. I think so sell one player in particular and that's Thaddeus Young. I think a lot of teams are going to be inquiring about him um, using a, getting a veteran big in return. Um, I think that's just like a selective sell. And then um, I think there's some other teams like, or some other players like DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, those not so obvious sells that potentially could teams could be inquiring about their services. So I think it's kind of, selective selling but get get those if they're going to choose to rebuild and uh shift towards the young guys with the, which they've kind of been doing i think they got to listen to some names uh that they might have to get on get out I, I, there's nothing else i can add to that and i won't lie i forgot the spurs were part of the nba i can't tell you <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, no. I knew they were part of the NBA, but like my, my mind has gone nowhere near this. I think the first bit of Spurs news that I took in this season was that former Blazer Zach Collins made his debut the other day. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. That was that, that was about it. Yeah. Let's see how long he can actually stay on a court. I'll give him two weeks. Most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, that, that, that's hilarious. That seems to be the blood, the Blazers, uh, I guess they're a personality in the NBA. People just forget that they're there. But <laughs> all right, man. So then, so let, let's keep it pushing, guys. Let's get to the next seed, and that's the Kings, the 13th seed, the team that have a bunch of assets that can help so many other contending teams, but they don't give them up. So, guys, yeah. buyers, sellers, or what? Um, or what? They're high on their yeah. own supply. Yeah. <laughs> do, the, do the Kings realize they're the Kings? That I mean, anytime you hear yeah. any of their guys listed in, in trade rumors, it's it's they're either asking for the moon or they're, you know, snubbing their nose for people calling about their players because they're like, oh, well, we can get more for that. No, you can't. <laughs> like two decades yeah. of being, you know, of NBA mediocrity has taught us that, mm-hmm. that you need to take a different approach. So mm-hmm. what buyer seller? I, I don't know. Just don't be the Kings. That's the Kings yeah. goal. Don't be the Kings. Yeah, the Sacramento Kings, aka the most des- dysfunctional franchise in the NBA. I think, yeah, I, I think sell, buy, just do whatever you need to do to just be relevant in the NBA scale, to be a successfully functioning organization. I don't know what that will take, like you said, Ryan, but whatever that that those necessary steps leading up to this week, I don't know if it can be fixed in one day, but that's what the Kings need to do. I don't really have a real answer for you i don't know if it's buying selling i'm with ryan on this i don't know hey, you know what i want to add choose like, a direction I, yeah <laughs> just choose a direction just pick somewhere yeah i really yeah. want to add like i really like what uh what, what both you guys were saying and just saying like just just do something like why don't you buy sell but like do something just don't keep doing what you're doing i really like that um and then just like i want to uh just kind of highlight this because yesterday while i was kind of like putting this together and looking at the king's roster like they just have so many different assets that like could help every contending team like imagine what harrison barnes could do on a title contending team that's a three and d plug and play guy imagine what buddy Hield, a knockdown shooter could just do on any championship team or uh marvin bagley he hasn't been playing up to the level that he was at in college but you could take a gamble on him and get and get him for cheap and have him be able to work out because maybe he's actually a good player but the kings are so damn dysfunctional jay uh jay you love rashard holmes i mean rashard holmes man he's a, a bam out of bio 2.0 really and i mean if you're willing to trade uh, uh tyrese halliburton and darren fox like you can you could sweep the floor and get hella players for that so the kings just need to pick a damn direction because they have so many players to to move from wow wow that's mm-hmm. crazy Man. <laughs> All right. So then let's keep it pushing, guys. And let's talk. Let's get to the Oklahoma City Thunder buy, sell, or hold. They got to be buyers at some point, right? I mean, they have in draft capital, they have all the cash in the world basically to, to do whatever they want. I mean, so are they still trying to suck for more draft? There's no more draft picks. They have them all. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I'm not going to lie. That is true. Jay, do you feel that same way or how do you feel? I think they're. I think there's still selective sellers and there's three names that I have listed and that's Kendrick Williams, who, you know, Oklahoma city said they're uh, Sam Presley said they're willing to, they've actively been accepting like um, interest in him. Cause I think any team can use like a three and D swing man kind of player, which Kendrick Williams is. And then two, two other players that I listed here are Mike Mascala and Derek favors. I think 
I know for specifically for the Warriors who need, you know, a veteran big man or a big man who can stretch the floor a little bit. Mike Mescal is a really underrated pickup they can have, as well as Derek Favors to add some size. So I know there's some contenders who will be inquiring about those two guys in particular. So kind of selective selling. And then maybe if you can add a nice young piece to compliment Josh Giddy and Shay, you look to do that as well, like Ryan said, maybe. So. I just I just went and saw the uh, the Blazers uh, Thunder game in person on Friday, and yeah, uh, Giddy that is a fun watch. He is mm-hmm. a nice little player. He's nice. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, he's nice. Giddy, all, he's all those nice. uh, all, all those players that come from uh, like um, from overseas, man, they come ready. They come prepared to play. So yeah, Giddy is nice. But um, Jay, real quick, hey, I'm gonna need you to put some respect on Bielitsa's name, Jay. I need you to put some respect on my guy Bielitsa's name, Jay. Come on, Bielitsa's. Jay. Ah, ah. Love hate relationship with that guy. I think <laughs> I'm just kidding. When he you... plays his role, huh? You know. Yeah, he, uh, when he plays his role, he could do it, man. I yeah. respect him, though. I respect what he does. No, I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you, Jay. Just playing. He's not a true. Is he a true center? I don't think so. No, I'm right there. So. Which I definitely, I definitely yeah. would would rather have a different center than 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 Bielitsa, especially someone for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Cause they're not going nowhere. So, uh, so yeah, I'm right there with you guys, but I just want to, I want to uh, talk about just a little, I guess a bit of a different perspective because, you know, Ryan, you talk about the uh, buyers, Jay talk about sellers. And then I- I'm not saying they should hold cause they're, they have their 14th seed, but I'm just saying like, you don't want to give up on all this young talent, I guess. So early, like they have an average age of 23, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's extremely young. You know what I'm saying? And to have an average age of 23 in the NBA, um, yes, your team's most likely going to suck, but maybe, you know, uh, let's stay for the long haul and let's see what, what could happen. But at, at yeah. some point in time, you got to, you got to do something with that talent. You got to put something around it. I mean, you're seeing it more and more in the NBA, you know, kind of like with the NFL model of like, you know, your time to win is when, you know, you're not necessarily playing your star payers, this top tier, you know, 30, 40, you know, now we're approaching $50 million a year, you know, on, on con or on high-end contracts for your stars on your team. And so you, you got to kind of, while they're cheap, do what you can. If you want, you, you can't just say, all right, well, fine. He's entering his prime at 27. Now you've had him for how long and you haven't done anything. It's, it's kind of hard to flip that switch, especially when you, the stars you want to build around are these players that you want to develop into stars, start earning some bigger bucks. Okay. So, 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 so then for you, Ryan, like you'd be more willing to, I wouldn't say give up, but I guess like you know, be looking to ship a a a, a Darius Blay, uh, Darius Baisley, who's got a lot of got a lot of potential. But yeah, yeah, so you'd be willing to ship him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then what about let's see, what about a Dort? Would you be willing to ship a Dort? Nah, I think they got a Dort's Dort's one of their foundationals. Okay. All right. All right. I, I like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like that that perspective, uh, Ryan. I mean, you got to win at some point, so you're not you're not you're not wrong. So. All right, cool. So then let's let's move to the last seed, you guys, and that is the Houston Rockets buyer sellers of old. <laughs> Houston Rockets. Oh gosh, I I think they need to be buyers, but I mean, Tillman Fertitta hates spending money, so I can't tell him to buy anything. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I think they need to fix their relationship with Christian Wood and figure out if he's one of their long-term building pieces. You know, it's been such a roller coaster with him there. You know, if 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 they're gonna ship him off and try to choose a bit of a different direction, then that'll change it. But I think they need to be buyers trying to finally figure put some pieces around this. Yeah, yeah. Jay, 
I'm, I'm thinking sellers, um, but sellers like another selective team. And that's Eric Gordon. I don't think he fits what they're doing in the future. I think a lot of teams could use a kind of microwave score. And we've been seeing what they've been doing recently and kind of showcasing him as they, as we so see around trade deadline where the players are getting their usage just spikes up. And Eric Gordon's one of those players who's been having that you should spike spike. So I think, uh, they're going to be looking to move him on in a, in a few days here on the 10th. Oh man. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think that they need to be sellers as far as getting John wall a home. Let's, let's let John wall play some <laughs> basketball, but again, who, like who, who's going to take that terrible contract. That's a, a different discussion to get into, but, um, but I just, I do, I do want to add that too, Jay, like, I mean, I add, but I guess the uh, second, what you're saying about Eric Gordon, that, that he could be a, a, the difference between a team winning a title or not being that, that, that microwave score off the bench. Yeah. Um, what, what was that, Jay? I don't know about that, but I think he could. <laughs> you don't think he could, you don't think he's not he, moving the needle like that, but nah. it's Eric Gordon. If Come you, on, okay. Man. But listen, man, okay. It, so it's a rough time to be an Eric in the NBA, no. man. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe and Eric Gordon stock just uh, falling so much. Look, I, I, I'm not saying, Facts. I'm not, I'm not saying Eric Gordon's going to come out there and give your star player 30 points. But I'm saying if you add Eric Gordon to that Nets bench, does that Nets bench not become insanely more scary? They have a they're not they're not relying on Eric Gordon to, to really produce anything. It's man, come off the bench, score. Role players are huge when it comes to playoffs. Players that hit threes, what do you what do you you guys don't think that you said the difference between a championship and, a, and not a championship. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that like he's going to add depth and scoring to a to a contending team. But how you phrase it originally, that's why I was like, oh, okay, know, okay, yeah. the, okay. The, the way I phrased it, the way I, the, the way I the way I phrased it was wrong. So the way I meant to say was like, man, if you got the Nets and the War, the Nets and the Warriors playing, let's say in the, in the uh, finals, and then you get yeah, you have Eric Gordon come off the bench and go for 20, 25 points off the bench. I mean, and what if that's game seven? Like, that's what that's what I meant by say, like, you know, like a uh, uh, difference between championship or not, not not star player. But all right. man, man, that'd be a rough finals appearance for Kyrie. He just does. he? I mean, where is he vacation during it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that's true. That is a huge question mark that we have here, man. Mm. But all right, man. Well, damn. All right. So, guys, we made it through the list. Um, buyers, sellers or hold. Ryan, man, we really appreciate you uh, coming on here, man. Like coming and sharing us, sharing your knowledge with us, talking about how you feel about this Blazers situation and uh, just cool. being on here, Ryan. We appreciate that, man. Oh, not a problem, guys. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, I, I always got a little bit of time to chat some basketball. Yes, sir, really man. Jay, you got any last words? Nah, pre- Ryan, appreciate you coming on again. And uh, yeah, it's just fun talking buyers and sellers. Looking forward to the next few days, though, because it looks like it's coming fast with these deals looks like it's not either not teams aren't even wait anymore i've never seen this before really <laughs> like it's, i like i said at the top i was like we're used to yeah. like it's hey, like 12 hours beforehand it's like you sure. know we have our woes alerts on and our phones never stop buzzing but mm-hmm. you know it's starting to we're starting to trickle out it now a little bit right uh, let's see man maybe maybe you might be crazy trades this year but i don't know man we'll see but Again, guys, uh, everyone at home, we appreciate you guys uh, uh, watching. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And if you want to check out all of Ryan's work, uh, Ryan's Blazers podcast, uh, all of Ryan's Twitter and everything will be linked in the description down below. So make sure you go uh, go check them out and show them some love, man. But if that's it, then we're out here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.